0: Welcome to Prophetic Leadership, a podcast delivering strategies and insights to help you accurately hear God's voice and to powerfully lead your sphere of influence. Now, your host, David Fang. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Prophetic Leadership Podcast. Just to give you a little bit more orientation about what we're trying to accomplish with this particular series is that we're trying to be able to sit down with our seasoned leaders here at Christian International, members of our staff, as well as ministers that are part of our network, that are doing amazing things throughout the United States and the world. And our goal is to be able to sit down with them and be able to kind of cultivate and call through some of the amazing revelation that they've gathered about how to be able to lead prophetically in their sphere of influence. I don't know about you, But I know that I've been given some opportunities and some situations where I have had the chance to be an influence and to be able to lead. But one of the things that I've always tried to strive and push for is like, there's got to be more for me to learn that can help me become a more effective leader in my sphere of influence. And that's kind of the thing that we've learned and we've been really propagating here at Christian International is that you may not be a traditional leader or a leader in the traditional sense of the word, but you have influence. I've got influence in my life through the relationships I have and in different situations like that. And you do too. So, Prophetic Leadership Podcast, this series, is to be able to provide revelation and keys that are going to be able to help you, you know, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever part of the journey you're on. That will help you not only be able to have a major impact where you're at, but also be able to give you the keys necessary in order to be able to do this for the long haul. When Bishop Hammond was featured in the Charisma magazine as one of the most influential people to affect the body of Christ in this last century, one of the things that they marked as a key characteristic of not only Bishop Hammond, but also christian international was that our ability to be able to or the the track record that we had of longevity of integrity of of being able to go at it for the long haul and that's what we want for everybody that's connected with us for you for for those that are listening to this podcast what are some keys that we can be able to share that you can add to your tool belt that you can add into your repertoire or of of different things that that you can access to be able to flow in to be able to help you move forward in this new situation. So I know I've been kind of going along on and on about this, but I'm just really excited about this series. I'm so glad that you've tuned in to be able to listen. Normally these intros are not going to be this long, but since we're building a foundation and trying to get you familiar with some of these series that we've got going on, I just wanted to take a quick second to be able to communicate that. To you. So, for today's podcast, what we have is we got a chance to sit down with Prophet Jimmy Kellett. Now, Jimmy has been a part of Christian International since the dawning of time, it seems like. He's been an integral part of this team, and everything that we do currently, Jimmy is actually the head of our Ministering Spiritual Gifts department. And Ministering Spiritual Gifts is the training that we offer at Christian International and throughout the world That has trained over 300,000 people to be able to hear God's voice for themselves and for those around them. It's an incredible course. I encourage you to check it out on our website if you want information to be able to participate. But I just want to read his bio here. You know, we got a chance to sit down with him and we were talking about how do you transfer mantles? How do you receive your mantle in this new season? And it's just very, very insightful because he came at it from a different perspective of, of something that I really didn't think about, that really kind of shifted the way that I thought, and I know will be able to be a blessing to you. Let me just read his bio here really quick so you know a little bit about him. If you've been to our conferences, you know plenty about him. But for those that don't, Jimmy and his wife Waverly are ordained through Christian International Ministries Network. One of their many spiritual passions is imparting enthusiasm, so courage arises for faithful service. As a team, they exemplify a giving spirit and have the heart of servants, even while imparting ministry to the saints worldwide. Jimmy has been on staff with CI Ministries Network since 1991, that's a long time, and served as the director of CI Seminars and Ministry Services for nine years. In 2003, Jimmy transitioned into his role of department head for the Manual for Ministering Spiritual Gifts. With a heart to be reproducers of reproducers, they have traveled across the globe ministering in a powerful prophetic anointing. The strength of this ministry is training others to hear and minister God's voice today and how to be faithful servants of the Lord. That is a small snippet of how integral Jimmy is as a part of Christian International and his impact in the nations. He's really impacted me even personally in many different ways. I remember coming up to the ministry training college and he was one of the people that really made a place for students to be able to travel with them to see what ministry really was like and i'll always be very very grateful to him for that and without anything else to say let's just go ahead and go into the interview where we got a chance to talk about mantles and how to receive them Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us for our prophetic leadership podcast. Thanks, David. Glad to be here this morning. Now we are going to have you on quite a few times because you are literally a wealth of knowledge and revelation. I like to say you are a walking revelatory miracle.
1: That's that's a that's a miracle in itself. David. That's
0: true. It's very true. <laughs> now, Jimmy, you are somebody who, even from a positional perspective, you're. The head of our ministering spiritual gifts department, mm-hmm. which the ministering spiritual gifts series has taught over over three hundred thousand
1: people. Right? Is it three hundred thousand? I more? think it's actually more than that. I'm actually trying to do some research on figures because we've got people all over the world teaching right. it, and they're teaching hundreds of people at a time. So we're just we're just talking about what we've done direct, direct impact. directive impact here. But I think that's that number is is probably almost double what we're talking about. That's wow. what my feeling is. That's amazing.
0: I'll, I'll really be interested to see kind of the numbers on that. Yeah. Because it's it, like it's like a, a ripple effect. It is. So it's the people that we taught that then taught other people who then taught other people, mm-hmm. which is really great because the way that we have it set up with our training courses – we're not just the one source. We're trying to create multiple people and That's connection right. points to be able to train other people, yep. which I think is really good. For the topic for this podcast, I wanted to really pick your brain and really get you to be able to kind of explain to us what you've been sensing is important for us prophetically to focus on in this season. We have a lot of at the beginning of every year we always have the prophetic word of the Lord you right. know, every prophet brings brings their component and what I love is that then when we bring all the pieces together we get a full picture mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to be able to share with us a little bit about what what you feel is a main thrust of what God is saying now.
1: Well what I really feel Dave is there's there's actually a twofold river that I, I've been flowing in. The number one is something that I saw, our boss, Dr. Tim Hammond, do during our October conference last year by laying on a mantle for the next generation. Mm. When I saw it, I I heard the Lord say, that's just the beginning. Right. And so I started researching mantles. I wanted to find out what that meant. And so two of my favorite prophets are Elijah and Elijah because they were trainers. They were yeah. teaching others how to do what they did. And my main focus has been really... Teaching about the laying on the, of the mantle, but what happens next? Okay, and and what happens next was that Elijah had to follow Elijah. Mm-hmm. As I researched it in in Second Second Kings, it talks about as Elijah came up and laid the mantle on Elijah laid the mantle on Elijah's shoulder. Mm-hmm. In the Hebrew Bible, it it explained this way. And, you know, uh, I've been around Jewish people all my life. Some of my favorite friends are Jewish. But I was raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and there was a Jewish man over there that, man, when you did something to him, he'd say, what did you do this for? You know, and so he was like, whoa. And so Elijah has this mantle put on him, and he turns to Elijah and he said, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you put this on me? I have no idea what this is. So he knew the mantle represented something. Yeah. But he didn't know how to use the mantle. And Elijah said, did somebody teach you how to use these 12 yokes of oxen? And aren't you plowing with the 12th? Mm. And Elijah said, yeah, they did. And so he takes, you know, Elijah takes the mantle back off of him, puts it back on himself, and he walks down the road. huh? And now Elijah's standing there saying, he just told me that he could teach me how to use what's what he has so he goes after it and to me that is the beginning of a of a servant's anointing Mm -hmm. coming on him
0: that's really interesting because as you're talking about it i know bishop says this a lot and, and i actually heard it from sharon stone who's over in europe and she says that god will often show you the end of a thing at the beginning that's true and true. it's interesting because he didn't necessarily have the mantle but it was almost like a prophetic act of this is what is in your future that's if you choose to respond exactly i love that it's kind of like that in itself was like a prophetic word or declaration over a mm-hmm. life but as a key component to how we say about the prophetic you have to respond Yes. We can give you a prophetic demonstration. We can say that this is for your life. But like you're saying here, Elisha had to then respond and run after this. Right. But then the way that he did it, you're saying, is through servanthood.
1: Yeah. Well, because Serv- he, he became his servant. Mm. He, he followed Elijah as a servant. If, if you start reading about Elijah, you'll find when the rains were not coming and he went on top of Mount Zion— and he prayed the seven times. Who was the servant that had to keep running to the top of the mountain? Oh. Ah, see, we don't think about these things. It was Elisha. He had to fulfill his servanthood, every aspect of it. Hmm. I'm not saying that we're all called to serve. Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, you must be the least. Yeah. The Greek word is doulos, and it means the lowest secular office. In other words, hmm. the bottom of the rung. You start at the bottom, and you know, yeah, God will bring you to the top. And so, in that, what I what I've seen in in serving, and that is my heart more than anything. I I I love that God is using me in this hour to teach, train, and activate the saints. But I love to serve. I love to find opportunities to serve. Mm. I lo- I look for the places to plug in, so that I can help. The kingdom of God get to the next level, whether it's in my local church, right. Whether it's helping a friend, whether it's out on the road, and and I see a need in a in a local body, and I think I've got the technology to fix this, right? And I'll say, go buy the parts, I'll get it done while I'm here, you know. And but that's my that's my that's where God has taught me to serve. But I look for the things, and I think that's 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 how it was with Elijah. Yeah, is he was looking. How can I serve Elijah to the fullest extent? Right. You know, As we read about what's happening in 2 Kings is that mantle's put on him. He goes through all the process. And when we get to the end of 2 Kings, it talks about Elijah is brought up into heaven. I think it's in chapter 20, 22. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. It's 20. But it says Elijah is getting ready to go to heaven. God speaks to him and says, it's your time. Hmm. Now, I'm going to take you three places, and then after that third place, you'll probably see me come—see me. Yeah. So Elijah's going along. He's getting ready to go to Bethel, Mm -hmm. and he turns to Elijah and says, all right, it's time for you to leave. Get out of here. Yeah. And Elijah says, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. There's something that you still owe me. Do you see what I'm saying? There's something that is mine— that not that I've worked for it, but I've I've served you so that I could get it. Uh, and and it's not that you serve to get, but serving gets us what God has for us. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Right. And so he said, Not on your life, pal. I'm following you. And and here's how I see that scenario. Now I have a very vivid imagination, as you well know. <laughs> Some of our listeners don't, but I do. I see, as it was when I was a kid, and my big my older sister would say, Quit following me. Uh, so we would we'd fall back about a block and we'd follow her. Right. Because she was our big sister. You know, we were going to find out how cool it was to be her age. Sure. Right? What, what she did. So we would follow after her where she couldn't see us. We lived in Phoenix. They had big palm trees on the side of the road. So you could just go from one palm tree to another without her ever seeing us. And so I believe that's how it was with Elijah. When Elijah took off, Elijah said, wait a minute. I'm not, you know. Yeah. You can say and leave, but I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going after what's still mine. Right. I haven't got been completed yet. And he said it three times. Mm. Bethel, Jericho, and then the Jordan. And then as he gets to the Jordan River, Elijah asked him again, Go. And he said, No, I'm not going. And he said, So tell me, what do you want from me? Mm. See, we we forget sometimes that that when we're when we've had the mantle laid on us. And we've we've served out he was you know, he he would served out his servanthood. Yeah. His time with Elijah was coming nigh to an end. Mm-hmm. He was getting ready to be a free man. And we can say, This is what I want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, will God give us Yeah, I mean, if we're serving, will God serve us? And so in that aspect, David, it came to a place where Elijah had to say, This is what I want. Wow. I want a double portion of what you have.
0: So it wasn't Elijah who's like, all right, this is what you're going to get. Right. Literally, it was Elisha. It seems, the way you're describing it, it seems that Elisha had to initiate and be very proactive in this entire process. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think there was, I don't, don't read anywhere where there was like an owner's manual or like a operations manual where Elijah's like, well, you do this and you'll do this and you'll do this. Right. It almost seems like Elisha had to be like, all right, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve in this way and be proactive. Right. And then even in the point of receiving his mantle, he had to overcome rejection. Yeah. Like contrary directives Mm -hmm. to be able to go after that thing. And all of that points to what you're saying, which is that he had to choose, do I want this? Yeah. Yeah do I really want this and am I able to be able to do it? Thankfully he did, Yeah, which is really cool. But how do you feel for us now? What do you think are some important keys watching Elijah and Elisha now that God is saying prophetically for us to begin to apply in our own life now?
1: I think, and this is my, my opinion because I've, I've lived it and I worked it. Mm-hmm. I think we need to find someone and say, God, I'm going to assign myself to them, right? To serve them in every capacity I can serve them in, mm. and be faithful in that serving. Don't quit when they tell you to leave you alone. Don't don't stop what they've asked you to do. I mean, don't stop what God has told you to do. Right? You know, get very tenacious. Say, mm. wait a minute, <laughs> you got something I need. Right? And that's what Elijah was saying. Elisha was saying was, you've got something I need. Because I can't fulfill my destiny without having what you need. And that goes to what I've always believed in, in servanthood leadership, mm-hmm. and I'll explain it this way. It's where we serve our leaders as we watch our leaders serve. We become the leaders that we're called to be.
0: That's incredible. Uh,
1: and, and so in that, we have to go, where do I plug in? And and I use I used this, this example one of our apostles, Apostle Leon Walters, up in our sister headquarters in in uh, Versailles, Indiana, was here after an October International Gathering Conference years ago. Mom Hammond was still alive, and he he was preaching about who are you with. Mm. Basically, probably the wrong title, but that's what I got out of it. Right, <laughs> and it really impacted me because he said, "Who are you here to serve? Mm. Are you here to serve?" At that time, they were pastors, Tom and Jane. Mm-hmm. Are you here to serve Bishop and Mom? And it was it was a very long morning for me because he had Bishop and Mom get up on the left side of the stage and, uh-huh. and apostles, Tom and Jane, on the right side of the stage. And he said, I want you to come stand behind who you're here to serve. In the service? In the service. Publicly? Publicly. And so it was wow. like— God, where do I go? Yeah. I'm here to serve Apostles Tom and Jane in their local church. But I also came here to serve Bishop and Mom Hammond. Mm. So I was in a quandrum. Yeah. Of, oh, where do I go? You know, which ones do I stand? It's like, right. can I clone myself right now, God? Can, yeah. Can Can my wife go stand behind one and I'll stand behind the other? Would that be would that show people that we're split in our decision. Oh, it was a split decision. The Celtics <laughs> went with both Hammond's families, right? Um, <laughs> but it was like the more uh, I mean it was a it was a time where I was just going, Oh, come on, God, give me an answer here. Right. I need to know where I need to go. But I realized I had two options, bishop and mom, apostles Tom and Jane. So as I talked with God about it, and I Pondered it in my spirit, right. I really felt that if i f- if I went behind Bishop to serve him, I would be serving Apostles Tom and Jane also, right. because
0: Bishop and Mom at that point represented the ministry as in, a whole,
1: the ministry as a whole. And Apostles Tom and Jane are are head over our headquarters church the headquarters church. And so I mean, that's changed in the in 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 the way things are run now. Right. But at that time it was that that's how it was. So it was a decision-making time that changed my life for forever mm. because I was able to plug into both places. I realized, well, I don't have to be cloned. Right. I can help my bishop and I can help my pastors. You helped both, but you just made sure that you were positioned correctly. And that's, that's it. Mm. Apostle Leon was trying to get us to position somewhere. So, so that we were serving effective. to be more effective. Wow. And, I, and I believe that we need effective saints. Yeah. We need serve, effective servants. Guys, we're all called to serve. Yeah. You know, David, we're, we're all called to serve in some capacity or another. And I want to serve to the best of my ability. And my best is just as best what I have. I'll do it to the best of my ability. I always refer to when I was mowing yards. Yeah, here at CI, it's like the never-ending chore. The never-ending chore is getting mowed at yeah. some point. yeah somewhere somewhere someone's riding a lawnmower or pushing <laughs> a lawnmower or, 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 or running a weed eater or something. But when I was uh, I was hired outside in in the maintenance department originally, and I would mow the yards. And when I got done, I looked back at it as as it as is this as is, is this as good as Jesus would do it? Oh. It wasn't a job; it was a ministry. It was a place to serve. So, because that's you know, people coming to church is that's the thing they see first. They don't see the houses Mm -hmm. that are out on the property; they see the church building. And I wanted the church to look like somebody had a spirit of excellence, right? And had cared enough, not just to mow it, but to manicure it. So the way
0: that you served and the way you approached servanthood. Was a major factor for
1: you? Yes, it is, uh, and it still is. Mm-hmm. I say yes, it is because I'm not done yet. Right. I look at it as when we step into a a place of servanthood, that we step in like a diamond coming out of the rough. Mm. It's just a rock. Mm. It's just a it's just a piece of coal, you know. Right. That has gone through the process, but now it's ready to be shaped into who it's called to be. Mm and serving is how we get shaped how god the the jeweler cuts the stone to become who we're called to be i personally would not be where i'm at had i not chose to serve first mm. because i don't think i would be I, I don't think i'd be traveling the world right i don't think the opportunities would have been there like they are if I had not served first.
0: So let me ask you this. You've been around Bishop Hammond and the Prophetic ever since you were really, really young, I have. Yes, sir. When you, before you were walking in any of this, did the prophetic words that you received
1: indicate that this might be what you're doing? David, I was 16 years old when I decided that the church didn't have anything I needed. Yeah. I had seen a lot of atrocities in the church, mm-hmm. a lot of people preaching one thing and doing the total opposites. And I thought, right. God, if that's a Christian, I don't want to be that. There's no no reason for me there. Yeah. But I was 16 years old and I went to a church service because my dad said, you had to be there. <laughs> and I'd worked the morning service. Uh, I worked the morning at the little grocery store where I worked. Yeah. And then I came home. And I had to go to church that evening. So I'd always sit way back in the back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this woman, she's passed to be with the Lord, prophecies of the Lord back then. And this yeah. was back in the in the 70s. She came up behind me and she clamped her claws into my back. Oh, boy. And she whispered in my ear for like 15 minutes the things that I'd be doing. Hmm. She would talk about where I would be when I was in my 30s and my 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. No, 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 no. But that word, though it was never recorded, Mm. was recorded. And it stuck with me. It talked about how I would be before the people, teaching and training. It talked about flying in airplanes, which really back then wasn't a most middle class families. We didn't travel in airplanes. We traveled in cars, all of us in one car. (laughs) So it was not something that, that I could, you know, really foresee the future doing, but it stuck in my spirit. Right. You know, I would, I would do things contrary to the word of God, and I would think, uh, you got that prophecy, Kellett. You just need to just, you know. That word stuck with that, you. Yeah, and it made me, even though I wasn't serving the Lord, made me mm-hmm. conscious of what God's call on my life was.
0: Wow. So that prophetic word just arrested you, mm-hmm. cho- like chased you down. Yep. And that's why I'm very, I'm so intrigued by this because of the fact that it seems that you are now walking in a lot of what you got prophesied to all right. those years ago. Uh-huh. But it seems to me that it would not have happened had you not entered through the door of servanthood.
1: True. Because we were taught servanthood at a young age from our parents. My dad would come home from work and he'd say, look, the church is in the middle of a remodel. They need our experience. They need our talents. And he would say, "Come on, boys, we're going to the church." Mm-hmm. And it was like, "No, Dad, we want to go play baseball with our friends. We want to go, you know, play football with our friends. They're having a right. basketball game down at the park. You know, we want to be part of that." No, you're going to the church with it. And, and at times, I despised my father for it. Sure, because it was like, really, Dad, there's so much more I could be doing at my at right. my young age of twelve. Other than, you know, hanging sheetrock and putting mud on the walls in in the church. Yeah. But it really, it initiated something in me Hmm. that I wanted, as I got older, I thought, why did my dad teach me this? Yeah. Because he knew that there was a principle of serving.
0: So your dad basically was... You're Mr. Miyagi.
1: Mr. Miyagi.
0: Yeah. Like Wax he was, on. He was Wax yeah,
1: <laughs> he was teaching
0: you stuff that you're like, I don't see I don't see a point to this. No. But yet it's the very it's now become such a major thrust and message of your life in your right. ministry. That's true. And it's amazing that he had the foresight and the wisdom to teach you something that even now is such an unpopular and kind of out of the box approach to ministry. It I is. mean, it's like, and I'm kind of thinking now, like, if you were back then and you got that prophetic word, uh-huh. and if you took the approach of, you know what, I'm not going to serve, I'm just going to go ahead and print my business cards, I'm going to knock on every church door and say, I'm going to, you need me to preach in your church and different things. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that your position now,
1: today, would be very different if you had gone that route as opposed to servanthood. Oh, yeah, I, I know it would have. Actually, David, I don't think I'd be serving in the house of God.
0: That to me is so important because I think there are some of us and many of us that have all experienced this in our life where we get the word, we get the promise, Uh and we have this idea in our mind of how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to unfold, and sometimes we overlook the thing that is the key to our breakthrough because it's packaged in a humble packaging. Servanthood is, very, is a humble thing. Yeah. It's something that really, if you're going to do it with the level of excellence that you're talking about, requires a great level of humility. That's true. And so for me, I'm seeing this and I'm saying, okay, this is a real key that you're talking about here. When we're talking about mantles and we're talking about receiving our mantle, mm-hmm. I feel that this is the main thing that what God is saying through you in this season is that the key and the door to your mantle is through servanthood
1: yes, and and that's yeah. that's my perspective, right. But I believe that that perspective was taught in the earlier times of the church. Mm-hmm. but we've di- we've diverted from it, and you said it, and I like how you said it, We've become an instant society. Mm. We want everything now, right? I mean, we got everything now. We can go to our phones and get anything. We can flip open our fla- our laptops, our laptops, <laughs> um, our laptops. And we can, we can Google anything and find what we need. Absolutely. Whether it's good, bad, or ugly, but yeah. we can get what we want. So servanthood is more of the process of the mantle. Okay. Is that a good way to say it?
0: Okay, I got you.
1: Because if we look at the end results of what happened at the very end with Elijah and Elisha, yeah. Elijah said, if you see me go to heaven, then you can have what you've asked for. Yeah. And he sees the chariots of fire in the whirlwind take Elijah up into heaven. Mm -hmm. But something happened in the midst of that that he realized, I got what is mine. Right. Because he saw the mantle come off of Elijah, Mm -hmm. fall to the ground. That mantle was just a mantle. Yeah. There was no significance in that mantle until Elijah walked over and picked it up.
0: Wow. I'm getting it now. Uh Uh-huh. Because now you're talking about he was he has become the man that is able to take the mantle right and walk in the double portion right.
1: But you what we don't talk about in this in that in that scenario in that word of the Lord in Second Kings was the fifty prophets of Baal a Bethel mm. not Baal Bethel. <laughs> sorry wrong prophets Bethel <laughs> uh, Bethel met Elijah on the road while he was following Elijah and said, do you know today is the day that your master goes up? And he said, get away from me. Right. So they went to the top of the mountain and looked down into the valley of Jordan and saw Elijah take off, but they also saw Elijah walk over and pick up the mantle, mm. fold it up, strike the Jordan, and walk across the Jordan. Wow. See, there. Wow. there's a time in serving that God will bring a recognition to us and there will be people yep. that are there watching. Right. And they will see that anointing being passed to you. Mm. They will see that gifting being given to you. They will see the double portion being handed right. over to you. When my father passed away in 93, my aunt, who was a, a very prophetic, mm-hmm. she got up. During the time when people were talking about my dad, you know, a little bit of the e- eulogy thing. Right. It was sort of open mic is how my mom wanted to do it because my dad had a lot of people that he had affected. Mm. And my aunt gets up and she starts talking. She turns to me and looks at me and she said, Jim, God's going to give you a double portion of your father's anointing. Mm. My dad had an anointing for healing like none i had ever seen before where he'd pray for you and the headache would just go. Wow. You know, you'd be throwing up and he'd pray for you, and you'd quit throwing up. Wow. I mean that quick. And so I've always searched for that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I realized that serving is what was going to bring that to me. Wow that I had to go I had to go through the process. And I think the body of Christ, we've forgotten that God, is, God has got processes, right? That we don't become pastors in a pulpit overnight. Mm. We have to walk out what God has called us to walk into. And sometimes that walk is not fun. Sometimes when we don't want to serve is when God wants us to serve the most. Mm -hmm. When it doesn't feel right serving, that's when God wants us to serve even harder. So in that, David, that that as we come into that realization of, wow, our lives aren't over when we pick up our mantles. Yeah. They've actually just begun. Wow. I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, I'm 59 years old. Why is God starting now? I said, I've asked my, myself that same question many a times. <laughs> Why did it take me to get into my 40s before God started releasing me? Right. But it was because I was still in the process hmm. of that that mantlehood, of that servanthood. That preparation. That preparation. To be able to take on the
0: mantle. Mm-hmm. You're hitting on on a very important point. And I'm just kind of feeling it's like there are some of those that are listening to this and are saying, I feel like I've lost or wasted so much time. Right. And I feel like maybe it's too late for me. What would you say to those that say, you know, maybe I haven't embraced the prophetic process as well as I should have, and I'm afraid it's too late.
1: It's never too late. That's when you said it, I just knew the answer. It's never too late because we serve a God, a God of of the now. Sometimes when we feel like we missed it, God says, I can fix it. I had a prophetic word many years ago. God said, what you missed these years away from me, I'm going to speed up time to bring it back. Wow. So time is nothing to God. Yeah. I mean, it really isn't. A, a second is a day, you know, mm-hmm. to us. So time is nothing to him, and he can change things, and he can turn things back around. If, if God has called you, that is without repentance. Hmm. The, you could be in your 90s, and God could still use you mightily in his kingdom. Right. So there's never a time to, I mean, it's always a now time with God. I, 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 that's all I can come up with on that hmm. one, David, is I would encourage you to find a place to plug in Mm. Because serving will get you aware of others' needs. Right, serving makes you look and say outside of you and say, "What do they need? Yeah, I, you know, God, what do I have that I can, I can give to them? What do I have that will, will help them fulfill the calling on their life, mm. as it, as you have fulfilled the calling on mine. Wow. So I would encourage people to find it, and I'm going I'm to say it. Find a place to plug in, in in your local body. Yeah, go serve at a food pantry. It'll change your life. It oh, really awesome. will. Yeah, go to a to, to some homeless shelter. Uh, absolutely, and 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 plug in there. I mean, wherever you, will God use you? Yes. Why? God's always looking just for the willing vessel. Right. He doesn't care if we missed it. Because he can he can he can give us a new opportunity
0: He can redeem that time
1: redeem it just bring it all back It's wow. not like and I think that's where the body of Christ has missed it and a lot David is that they they think well I missed my window of opportunity mm. well that just means God's got another open door
0: right that's so important so even you saying that I feel is is almost like a shifting of priorities mm-hmm. So a lot of times the enemy tries to bring condemnation and shame by saying, you know, maybe you missed that time, that window. Right. But in reality, the thing that we need to focus on comes down to how am I going to answer God in this moment in time? Not just with my words, but with my actions. So you talking about finding a place to serve and to plug in to me is the first step to redeeming that time to shifting this whole thing being able to connect which i think is so important because what you're talking about is that now god has called this to be a season where he's releasing mantles amen and he's releasing those mantles whether it's a one person giving a mantle to another or from the spirit and from his throne he's giving those mantles to you and i love that not only do you have that revelation but what you're sharing is something that is a prophetic key to be able to unlock your man. You're saying that a key to consider for this season is servanthood. Amen. F- connecting where maybe you haven't been connected with serving and allowing the process of maturing and growth happen in you so that when it comes time and the mantle comes, you are the man or woman who is capable of wielding it. That's true, David.
1: That That is, that, that is so true. I'm going to tell a. Uh, A quick dream I had, right before Kim Clements passed away, we were here at Christian International Headquarters Mm -hmm. Church, Vision Church, and we were back in the Elijah Room, of all places, right? Uh But I was sitting at one of our white tables, and somebody was up front talking, and a gentleman walked in, and I knew him because I'd met him many, many years ago when he came here to CI. Right. Kim Clements, the prophet. Kim Clements was there. And Kim sat at the same table with me. It was at the back of the room. Mm -hmm. And during the time of whoever was teaching, in the dream, he stops and he looks at me and he said, Jimmy, God said you need to lay hands on me and release Mm. the power of his anointing over me. And in the dream, I'm thinking, no, you should be laying hands on me, pal. You're the one's got, the, you know, you're the man of God full of faith and power. Right. You're seeing miracle signs and wonders. You're releasing the word of the Lord with such precision, you know, sure. getting names and addresses and all that cool stuff that we all try to get Oh, through. yeah. And um, I said, no, 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 you need, you know, in my mind, I'm saying no. And he said, Jimmy, I know you're arguing with God about this, but God spoke to me and said for you to do it. And I said, "Okay, God, if you said it, I'll do it." Right. And he said, "All I'm going to do is put my hands out flat, and you're going to lay your hands on top of my hands." Mm -hmm. And he says, "When our hands touch, the power will shift." I said, "Okay." There you go. I laid hands on him. He melted like wax to the floor. Hmm. And I was standing over him, looking—not standing over him. Oh, look what God has used me for! But in in awe of God, right? In the dream, and I said, "God, what did that mean?" He said, "He said, son." If I can do it for the least of them, I can do it for the greatest of them. Hmm. And it made me go, wait a minute, God, there's more to this? That you want, you want to use me to release something to the body of Christ? Wow. And he said, I want to use all the saints in my kingdom wow. to release these things to the body of Christ. And it was like, wow, God. Yeah, that's that shift of the mantle right there. Yeah, it's that, well, God, you want to use me in a different level of serving, but I had to be, I had to get to that level by going through the levels before it. It's not just because you're anointed, right. just because you're appointed, doesn't, there's nothing in the, Jesus served more than he did anything, David. Sure. So it was like, Okay, God, if 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 your son can do it, why can't I do it? Mm. Wow. And so it changed my life. That dream changed my life. So what do I do now? Yeah, I teach about the mantle, and then I lay hands on him and release mm. the power of his, uh, of his anointing for them to fulfill wow. their servanthood, their servanthood leadership anointing. Wow. Because we're all called to lead mm-hmm. one way or another. We're called to lead. Somebody's following you. Somebody. You know? So i I read somewhere, somebody said, if if nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. Just going for a stroll. That's right. so That's right. You're going to go see some geese at the go pond. Go see some, some geese at the pond or out on the golf course, wherever you're at. Or out yeah. the golf
0: course. <laughs> Jimmy, I feel just so, I feel like a change in the room. and Even as we're talking about it, I feel God all over it. And I would just love for you to be able to kind of just pray over the people that are listening. Okay this revelation, just to decree and declare it over them and and just impart whatever you want to impart okay. as we kind of wrap up
1: here. All right, I'd love to, David. Well, Father, I just thank you right now for the anointing that's already here. But Lord, more than that, Father God, that, that, anointing, that your anointing is not just for yes. this room, not just for this season, yes. but Lord, for the body of Christ. And Lord, today I just ask you to impart to each one of them, Lord, a level of of serving that they've never known before. Lord, that they will go, Lord, and find a place, Father. Even if they're already doing servanthood, Father, they find a new level in it. They go to that next realm, Lord, of what you have for them to do. Lord, that that promotion comes from you, but Lord, you promote the faithful servant. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I just speak faith into their lives, Father God, to serve, Lord, the body, Lord, wherever they're at. Lord if they're in a local church Father God I ask you to to give them a heart to serve their pastors yes. to serve the leadership of that of that house the eldership the, the deacons whatever they are Father God if they're if they're in a ministry somewhere Lord that they 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 look and say but there's so many people here God that what can I do mm-hmm. Lord that they will they will find Father God a place to plug in and use their gifts and talents that you've already given them but, Lord, more than that, Father, that they learn, Lord, as they serve, Father God, that that mantle is laying there waiting on them. Yes. Lord, that all they have to do, Lord, is, is serve you, serve the saints of your kingdom, Lord, so that they can go pick up their mantle. Lord, because once they pick up that mantle, Father God, their life's changed for forever. Lord, it doesn't it doesn't go backwards any longer, Father. It's It's all forward. So, Father, I thank you right now. That as each one Father God hear and 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 participate in this servanthood leadership, Father God, Lord, as they come into their their highest calling, Father God, is to serve Lord, serve your body, Lord, I ask you right now, Lord, you give them Lord, the wherewithal to walk it out mm. Lord, that they they don't quit Father God, being shy of of not finishing father. It just reminds me of that little cartoon where the guy's digging the tunnel and he quits, and he's only a a few feet away from breaking through. Mm. Lord, I just speak a breakthrough over each one of them right now. Lord, Lord, the tenacity, Father God, to not quit. But Lord, hang on until they're finished, Lord, the work that they they have volunteered to do. Lord, it's not about a paid position, Father, but it's about serving you, Mm. serving your kingdom, Lord, becoming the lowest, Lord, so that we can become the greatest in you. So Father, I just release it to him right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
0: Jimmy, thank you so much for that. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Now, for anybody who wants to be able to receive more, even from Jimmy and and the different things that he does, Jimmy, you actually just released the book not too long ago. What's did. that titled? How to Reach Your Highest Level. How to Reach Your Highest Level. Well, if you want to be able to purchase your copy of that, you can go to our online store at Christian International. Check out our website at www.christianinternational.com. And in the online store, you'll be able to see his book. And if you want to meet Jimmy in person, and actually, he's going to be one of the main instructors for our ministering spiritual gifts training happening in September, right, Jimmy? Right, 11th through the 15th right here right into the 15th. in sunny Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. So if you want to be able to find information, one, meet Jimmy, and then two, also be able to learn to hear God for yourself. Be sure to, to check out our website for information on that. We'd love to be able to see you. But Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Leadership, a part of Christian International Ministries. For more information on conferences, training intensives, and other resources to help make a powerful difference, please visit our website at christianinternational.com.